time for another Park Run Adventurers podcast. My name's Scott and I'm joined by Mel. Hey, hey, Scotty. How are you doing this week? Fantastic. Couldn't be better. Let's start with some great roving adventuring we got this week. Let's throw it up to Maryborough. Let's have a listen to Andrew and his story. He got a great story around park dogs. Take it away, Andrew. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm here at Mirraborough Park Run with Tash, who's been every week bringing a new dog from the refuge to try and improve adoption. Hey guys, how's it going? Today we've been brought out with a little Miss Adele, who's an 18-month-old staffy puppy that we've picked up from the Mirraborough Animal Refuge. So far this year we've brought out six different dogs and all six, we're happy to say, have been adopted. We're so grateful that we can use Maryborough Park Run to help support another community organisation like the Maryborough Animal Refuge and give these dogs an opportunity to socialise and have some fun and hopefully meet their forever homes. And just having a quick chat with Taylor about her experiences adopting Rusty through from the refuge through the park dogs. So I found my new best friend Rusty to take on and do park run with. Today was our first park run. We had a great run. He was a bit excited at the start, but once he got going, he was a gem and ran beautifully, and now we're just chilling out. Awesome. Thank you. What a great idea, Mel. I love this idea. What do you think? I think it's pretty gorgeous, and, yeah, getting puppies to their forever homes or, or dogs of any age who need a second chance at a refuge, I'm, I'm very on board with that. I think it's going to inspire me to do something because my little story around my two little beautiful dogs, which we've talked about before, Buster has joined me on the podcast and it's Buster's story that's a bit sad. So I've got two dogs, Buster and Champ, and they used to come to park run with me. Not every week, but tried to do it most weeks. And they loved going, but they're two very different dogs. They're black and white dogs. Buster is all about run, run, run as fast as you can. Don't look back for anybody. Get in everyone's way. Champ is a lot different. He'll stop and sniff every blade of grass, pretty much say hello to everybody. And so within the space of about 10 metres, they've got nine metres apart from each other, which is fine <laughs> until Buster realises that he's not next to his brother, who he's known all his life, and he freaks out. So he stops and then wants to run back against the traffic just to be back with his brother, who's off sniffing his 400th blade of grass. So um, basically four. you do about nine kilometres if you're trying to do a five-kilometre park run and you're running with Buster. Yep, yep. But Buster has no control, so he'll just go until he's exhausted, which didn't take too long. So by about 2K in, he was, he was done, and he was happy just to trot along next to the champion. But unfortunately, about... Uh, 12 months ago, Buster had a little bit of a problem with his back, um, which has meant that he can no longer run anymore. So I've really missed the running with my dog aspect, particularly at Park Run, but just in life in general. But this is a great idea. I can still run with a dog and hopefully help out the dog and people who want a dog. So you're going to get in touch with one of your local refuges and see if you can uh, make a similar sort of arrangement that they've got going on up there in Maryborough? I will try. That's awesome. I have to say, I, I do like to take my dogs along to Parkrun as well. Um, 
we've got two and of course you're only supposed to run with one dog so the little cocker spaniel clover she goes along with adam because she's much faster and he's obviously much faster and then Enu usually gets relegated to volunteering with me um unless of course and this has happened several times people have come up to me they know i'm volunteering and they they ask if they can take the dog for a walk they ask if they can take him and he can do park run with them or um, also volunteer as a marshal out on the course and so he can say hello to all the runners and he loves every possible interaction that he has at park run and he's not all fussy about whether or not he's with me or with Adam so he'll he'll just happily go along with whoever I give him to because he knows I would never give him to anyone scary but they both love park run as well and we love having them there and they go every week they don't go every week it uh, depends on whether or not it's wet or whether or not it's too hot. So Enu's a husky cross German shepherd and he's got quite the substantial coat. Um, we do clip him in the summertime so it's not too bad after he's had a haircut. But Clover's a water baby and if we're running at Kiwana, for example, she will go straight for the water and even if she's on a leash, you know, she she will tug and tug and tug until she gets her way down to the ocean. And it's quite open and the waves are a bit big and scary for me to really feel comfortable with her running in there. Usually when we take her to the beach, it's elsewhere that's not so scary and a little bit less wavy. So, um, yeah, but they've been, they've been park tour dogs quite a lot, actually, park dog adventurers. Um, we've taken them down and they've done two park runs in New South Wales and they've done quite a few around Queensland so um, yeah I love I love having my dogs with me at park run it yeah. is a shame that you can't have yours there with you I don't think Champy's too upset he was never really wrapped with the whole 5k run business but I was like you you can't take you're only supposed to have one dog at a time but yes. there was never a problem someone always wanted to take one of them it's another another way to have a an adventure at park run. Yeah, I wonder if they'll think I'm cheating, because I'll come home and they'll smell my <laughs> dog, and they'll know I've been to park run because I've been doing that. <laughs> I'm sure they won't hold it against you when they they sniff what your good intentions are, and maybe you can find some forever homes for those dogs too. He's hoping. So great story, great idea, well done. Park Dog Adventurers. Fantastic work, Maribor. Keeps, you're doing a great job. We're joined on the podcast now by a fellow Queenslander, Blair from Capalabar. Welcome, Blair. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming on the program or the podcast, Blair. You've been a listener from the start? I have, yeah. Listen to, um, well, Liv Coop, who... Um, who you had on the very first show was, you know, she was the uh, the Cleveland ED that probably got me into becoming an ED myself, um, along with Amy Strong, who's my co-ED. We have um, we share the role at Capella Bar, so um, yeah, I followed that one. Uh, Liv obviously promoted it on on the uh, Cleveland and Sarah May pages. Been listening to you guys from the start. Great show. I, I suspected as much. There was I did a little bit of research on Capella Bar and your park run today. And I, I noticed a bit of Liv Coop influence, particularly in the run reports. Very impressive work. Yeah, we've definitely uh, fed off Liv, I suppose, and um, probably Dale Murray as well from Armadale. Um, and we sort of, I think we feed off each other, to be honest. We've sort of picked up 
little bits and pieces and I don't know it's a who can outdo who type thing but um yeah we've definitely we put a, we put a lot of work into our run reports and hopefully people get some some interest out of them do you get some feedback around people are reading the run reports because there are some park runs I'm guilty of running some that that actually don't do any run reports yeah um I did ask that question a few months ago because sometimes you know you look at the likes on Facebook and they're a little bit low and you think oh we put so much time into this Amy and I so we share it we do it week about um and we thought oh we should ask the question and we got a heap of feedback back saying no no keep doing it keep doing it so yeah I think people do engage with it a little bit it was enough to motivate us to carry on doing it anyway great maybe I should start doing them yeah. <laughs> we, we've never done them at, at our runs so um I, I think it's quite rewarding you know going through all the photos you probably do that anyway but you go through and you pick out a few and we sort of make up little collages that we put on the run report and um you know try and introduce little features here and there i think we did one a while back that we ran for sort of six weeks or so just asking people's journey i guess like um how they'd got into parkrun and what it had meant to them and and I made the event team, all of our event team, give me their stories, which they were really happy about, just so I had some, some, you know, data for our for our run reports. I expect it's another great way of building your community there at Kapalabar. Yeah, definitely. We've got a really great little community there. It's it's building all the time. We've we're this year actually we've sort of hit over 200 consistently for a, for a couple of weeks now, which is quite big for us. And I think it's going to continue, although we, you know, we're getting into the school year now, so that might we'll see next week if numbers start to to fall back a little bit. But yeah, no, we've got a great community of people who've been there from the beginning and coming up to those milestones of 50 and 100. So we seem to have a lot of them each week. One thing we do at Capalabar for our milestone runners, and we've done this from the start, is we um, we give them a balloon to run with on their well, 10th for the juniors, obviously, in 50s and 100s, um, and just sort of say, you know, if you see this person out with their balloon, give them a high five. It, it just sort of helps people recognise them out on the course. It's one of the Friday night run director jobs to go and pick those balloons up each week. That's fabulous. Do you do you ever get people having their balloons popped while they're out on the course? Um, well, actually, on our on our first uh, sorry on the the first of the year when we had the double with. Um, Manipi, we did the double park run. We lost our two. We had two balloons, and and they disappeared up into the trees. And I saw that. Yeah, um, so, that, yeah. <laughs> so we had to we had to apologise to those two people and 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 bring their balloons the following week. So um, it does happen. It actually happened to me last week. But fortunately, I had a spear. I opened the the door of my ute, and a balloon just flew out as I turned my back, and off it went. And, <laughs> and you had so, the spare balloon. Well. It sort of worked out that way because obviously you can't always predict who's going to show up and we do try and ask people to let us know so, so you know, we know the numbers but it's a little bit of guesswork sometimes so it just so happened that week someone didn't show up so I was in the clear. Have you ever driven with balloons and just let them loose and then when you actually break, they they stay at the back of the vehicle? <laughs> no, they don't. They come into the front. They come to they, the front? I get an, yeah, I've, I've taken to just anchoring them down with whatever I've got in the back and yeah because I have had that where they end up in the front with me and I'm having to bat them out of the way to, to <laughs> see into the mirror and yeah yeah how do you uh, explain that one to the police officer when you rear end yeah, exactly someone? exactly yeah 
fortunately I haven't had to uh, I haven't had that experience but um yeah just just part of the fun so you've got balloons which is quite the party atmosphere do you get involved a lot with um any themes yeah we love a um we love a theme at capella bar we've had oh, we've had quite a number i probably couldn't name them all but um just going back to our birthday was probably the biggest event we've done where we had a clown theme um and we just had so many prizes that we'd we'd got from local businesses and and everybody got into this clown theme so it was just we had face painters we had you name it we pretty much had it color themes for like people running their 50s say oh can we have a green theme so we'll put the word out and we'll have a green theme um and more recently in february 6th of february is uh waitangi day in new zealand and i don't know if you picked up the accent but i'm i'm originally from new zealand um so i put it to my team that we should have a waitangi day theme which is new zealand's national day and they said yep you go for it and uh so we we had a we did that one and uh yeah got i got i tried to get as many australians as i could to wear their wear black or wear their kiwi stuff and i got a little bit of support i'll say that um it probably helped that i was the the most australian looking one on australia day with flags and face paint and you name it and then i used that against them all to try and get them to join me on on waitangi day so I was happy enough just to get people dressing in black. That was, uh, I thought that was a bit of a coup for me. <laughs> yeah, I reckon you've done really well. If you could convince a yeah, bunch yeah. of Aussies. Yeah, well, that's right. Actually, probably there was uh, as many South Africans I got on board as uh, as Australians. <laughs> They're holding out hopes that you'll do you'll do some sort of South African day later in the year, no doubt. Well, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You've seen. You mentioned you've had a big jump in numbers this year, which is great. But I understand it's also introduced a little bit of a problem to do with your course. Yes. Um, so Saturday just gone, we decided to move our start line. Like probably within 20, 30 metres of the start line, we have a, a narrow bridge, which initially was quite good because it, it was a forced bottleneck and it kind of helped spread the field out. But, and that worked, you know, when the numbers were probably up to 100. And... It, but it has been con- consistent feedback for us that, you know, why don't you move the start over the bridge? And we've sort of been resistant because, you know, we did want to try and keep the path as clear as we could, as you do. Um, but, yeah, with, with the numbers getting so big, it made sense now to, to move it permanently. So I think from, well, from last week onwards, we'll, be, we'll definitely be having our start line uh, in a different position. just means we've got a big open space and we can you know, funnel people onto the path a little bit differently, but, but it did make for a smooth start and, and the feedback was, was very positive. So, yeah. Do you still get to run over the bridge? Uh, you do because our first first 1K is a lap back to the start line. So, yeah, they still run over the little bridge. The bridge is like literally five metres long maybe. That's Everyone's a, a lot more. Everyone's a lot more spaced out by a kilometre anyway, so it wouldn't be such a, a congestion issue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I think it's been a good move, and um, yeah, we'll probably stick with that. So I went online again, and I looked up your course, and I thought it looked really confusing. It looks really pretty. You're running along the river, and it looks like there's lots of trees. But Mel corrected me. She said that it's not confusing at all because you've got permanent signage. Is that right? Um, sort of, yeah, well, sort of, sort of permanent signage. We got the, um, the local councillor to, to agree to, um, for us to spray paint arrows on the course and, and, and K markers. So 
and obviously we've got marshals and all the key um, junctions so that that certainly helps you know once we've got you know when we've got new people out running the course we've definitely got means for them to find their way around so yeah the the um the the old spray paints we're in a bit thin at the moment so i've got to get back out there and, and touch them up but well, it seems I, to i thought they were work. fabulous because i mean i did try to listen to the course briefing before we and we were only walking so i thought oh well we can still follow people but when i listened to it it just went wow that's really complicated <laughs> and i'm not sure we're going to get a proper 5k done today but it was so well marked and the marshals were excellent and really really enthusiastic as well I think there was one lady who just clapped solidly and cheered for 45 minutes to an hour you know she was brilliant uh, so yes, that'd, yeah that'll be Vicky she's our, our regular second junction marshal every pace a day that we have on any big event she seems to like to, to be out at the, the second junction oh she's fantastic you should pay her twice as much exactly Yep, definitely. Those those volunteers are great, aren't they? The ones that regularly like to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And we've got, yeah, well, probably like all park runs, but you get a, a core of regulars who, who seem to just fill those spots for you week in and week out. And, you know, it, it all helps to add to the, to the consistency and, you know, success of the event. So, yeah, we're, we're very blessed, I suppose, at Capella Bar to have a great bunch of volunteers I should actually mention all of our, our event team too. We've got a event team that's pretty much built, you know, from the beginning. We had we were lucky. We had both Amy and I who who sort of came out of um, Cleveland Park Run, so we'd had some good experience and good mentoring from Liv. And um, we took one of their regular runners with us as a run director from the start, Eva. And then we've added three more since then in Shirley and her daughter Tammy and Ted, who's the other male that I managed to rope into the team, so I wasn't outnumbered totally. You're very lucky to have to have a great team. I mean, most events have amazing teams um, that are very supportive, and and I think they all come, you know, from the same the same mould, for yeah, lack of definitely. a better word. There's, I don't know how you pick yours, but I always make sure my run directors are really quirky and have an excellent sense of humour and aren't afraid to dress up. These are prerequisites that are very important to me. Yeah, well, I could say I was probably afraid, you know, not afraid to dress up. I just didn't like to dress up uh, when I first started parkrun. I never really got involved in that. But I've certainly uh, uh, turned a corner in that, in that respect. I get made to dress up. It seems like every other week I'm dressing up wearing a tutu or face paint or crazy hats or you name it. But now I just roll with it. It's part of the fun and, you know people seem to like it so it's all good it is part of the fun I'm, I'm probably similar to you as well Blair coming into parkrun that wasn't me at all but I was in Santa outfits Easter bunny outfits wearing wigs and you know what it's fun if you just put yeah. all the the fear and judgment aside it's heaps of fun Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't agree more. The same with like, you know, just high-fiving and that. I was, I'm quite a reserved person generally and I think it's definitely brought that out in me, having to, well, you know, initially get made to sort of do it just by the people that you're surrounded by at Parkrun and then, you know, you just kind of get into it. So it definitely makes for a more enjoyable, you know, experience. Awesome. Thanks, Blair. Habba Jam. Great, great surname, Thank Blair. You. Got to commend you on that. Yeah, it's a bit 
it's a bit out there, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not very common. That's great. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us on Parkrun Adventurers. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Facts in a Haystack. Ian, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. How are you going? Hi, Ian. Super good. Super good? Awesome. It's good to be back. I'm very excited. What have you got for us this week? Well, let's say, Mel, I think this is our favourite segment already. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, (laughs) all the other ones. But Facts in a Haystack is where it's at. It is. We love Ian Hay and his Facts in a Haystack. So hit us in. It's just the name too. How can 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 you not love that? Precisely. (laughs) Okay. Where are we going to start this week? Well, first of all, I feel like we can't move on from last month. I, I don't know if it was just me. I think it's everyone out there. I don't think anyone's been able to sleep, just not knowing it just closed off for this whole month. Um, I, just to remind everyone, last month we um, we talked about number of runs and we had a bit of a match going on between Mel and Scott um, about number of runs. So it ended up being that Scott took the uh, the win there, having the most number of runs. So Scott's the first name. So all the, all the runners called Scott across Australia. So he, he took the lead in that one. Yes. Now, Mel had a bit of a theory behind that, was that the Mel's out there were too busy volunteering to um, be able to get the same run count up at, as uh, Scott. So, And I stand by that. I stand by that. So let's yes, see if you can continue to stand by that. I now have volunteer stats, so we have full numbers, so we can close this one off. So, Oh, we need a, like a drum roll. Yeah, Bring I think it. we do. It's judgment day, Mel. <laughs> Sound effects time. <laughs> Well, let's start off with the Scots. So, the Scots, now this is all time. Unfortunately, I can't get volunteer stats on a per week basis. So, this is for all the Australian events ever since we started. There has been seven, 751 uh, counts of volunteering by Scots across Australia. Well done, Scots. Scots. Oh, yeah. I've got so, a feeling Scots are in trouble. You reckon you got it, Mel? It's, it's going to be a close one. I hate to say it's actually not a close one. Melissa's come in at 595. <gasps> uh, the Scots got it. <laughs> can you believe it? I can. I'm lost for words. <laughs> Scots love Scots, volunteering. Scots sales. Okay, <laughs> Scots do love volunteering. That's that's all time in Australia. That's that interesting. Yep. I am recruiting Scots. I, I <laughs> inducted a first-time run director on Saturday called Scott for no other reason other than his name's Scott. And and you wouldn't also, Scotty, have happened to go and backdate some Scots volunteering at random events over the years, would you? No. Updating volunteer rosters and reconfirming them? No. Retrospectively? Okay. No, because if I had, and, I, and there's been plenty of occasions where I have volunteered but haven't giving myself credit. So that margin of victory should be greater. <laughs> and, and, and there's no talk of money at the table here either. So you're trusting my stats are correct. So we're all completely honest here. So nothing to worry oh, about. That. I'm not sure what's in it for you, Ian, but I'm pretty sure Scott's got to you. <laughs> Did you do the count on Ian's? I don't, don't really want to brag. That's all. I don't think we should mention that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the Ian's come in at 764, so actually <gasps> took out the top. So <laughs> That's worthwhile bragging about. And, nice. and once again, the stats, the stats are completely legit. I would not 
tamper with anything. So I, I will be expecting to receive um, an electronic copy of those results tomorrow <laughs> so I can go over the numbers myself with all my medical <laughs> skills. Thank you, Ian. Not a problem. <laughs> Okay, now that we've put that one to bed, well, let's uh, look at some other stats out there. Um, I thought we'd talk New Year's resolutions because it's what we're, it feels like we're halfway through the year already, we're already but we're um, coming close into March, close, basically getting to the end of Feb. Um, so I thought we'd have a bit of a look at how we're going this year. So when you talk New Year's resolutions, I don't know, if you, if you talk to people at the gym, they usually say the first week of um, the year, don't go to the gym because all the New Year's resolution has come in and fill it up and come in the following week and it's all clear. So um, let's see how Parkrun goes with that. Uh, it's also, they also talk about how the health industry is a multi-million dollar industry and Parkrun's completely free. So once again, I wonder how they go in comparison with the rest of things. So this week, uh, Tim put out a newsletter talking about, uh, we've already had four um, record Australian record attendances this year alone. So. That in itself says where we've gone just, just in 2016. But I thought I'd break it down a little bit further and just mention some of We've had a whole bunch of course attendance records this year. Um, so I looked at course attendance records in 2015. So by the end of March, so thinking about we're not even at the end of February yet, the end of March we'd had 101 um, course attendance records in 2015. So in 2016, we're only getting, what, we've got one week left of February. We've already beaten that. So we're currently sitting at 100, 102 course record attendances, and we've still got another month to go. So I think we're just going to blow it out of the water compared to the last, last year. So I think that just shows just the amount of people that are just coming on board and they stay with us and it just keeps growing. It's just amazing. I think we need more park runs. At a local level, it's great too because you always want to break your course record. That's always a nice feeling. Yep. It's amazing too because I know um, I just had a look over the amount of courses that have had record attendances this year alone and there hasn't been just one. There's been multiples at the same courses. So I had a quick look to see who was leading this year. We've actually got uh, six events that have had four course record attendances this year alone. So I think that's just huge. So, yeah, four lots in, in, what, in less than two months. Are they spread over different states or do they seem to be clustered in a particular area? Um, I'm not too good with my uh, geography, so I'll read out the six I've got. I've got uh, Albert Melbourne. Okay, I'll see how I go with pronunciation on this one. Maribyrnong. 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 Yep. Uh, Mount Barker, Shell Harbour, The Ponds and Wangaratta. Okay, so that's Victoria, New South Wales and South Australia by the sounds of it. There we go. That was course attendance record. So I wanted to move on to PBs. So um, PBs are always a, uh, a big goal of everyone. It's, everyone's working towards it. In summer, it gets a little bit harder. It's the heat out there certainly um, struggles. Scott and Mel, how have you guys gone this year with uh, PBs? Uh, I haven't had a PB since May 2013. Thank you for reminding me, Ian. I'm glad I brought it up. <laughs> I mean, it's got similar, I think, middle of last year. Middle of last year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know for my myself, I had my first uh, PB what, a month ago. It was actually on the last podcast um, where we did the last podcast a couple of days before that, and I was extremely sick that uh, podcast. Um, I went and gave myself a hernia getting a um, sub-20, which was my first time in two years since I got a PB. So I think I've, I'd take the um, – I, I think I must take an award for commitment there. I don't know if anyone else out there can beat that one, so we'll <laughs> see what's no, That's a great effort and completely worth it in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd give up a hernia for a sub-20. <laughs> <laughs> I would. 
Well, Ian's the right person to explain to you how to do it, I think, Scotty. Yep. <laughs> Let's not relive that. That was, um, yeah, it was or, worth it, but I don't know. <laughs> or is there just a course I can go to and get a guaranteed PB? Well, that's a nice segue there, uh, Scott. So what I've got here on stats are PBs for this year. So I, I looked at it two ways. One is um, the number of PBs. So is there a certain course you can go to where you're more likely to get a PB? And I thought to be a bit fair, I also broke it down into percentage, um, just some of the ones are bigger. So we've got Torrens, Lake, Lake Mac and Southbank um, are at the top of the list for the number of PBs this year. So Torrens came in at they've had 427 PBs this year already. Which is just huge. That's and Lake Mac, Yeah. And Lake Mac and South Bank were around what three fifty and three twenty eight. So that's that's huge as well. So But they're all uh, big events, aren't they? They are big events, yes. So I broke it down a bit further to look at percentage. So the next three when we're looking at percentage are Churchill, Woodbridge, Riverside and Devonport. So Churchill twenty one percent, Riverside twenty one percent, and Devonport twenty percent of runners getting PBs. That's pretty huge. So that's that's for twenty sixteen so far. Do you think that might have anything to do with the fact that Woodbridge Riverside, for example, is a new event and so therefore they're having new runners who are at the beginning of their parkrun journey and you're more prone when you're at the beginning of your parkrun journey to get PB after PB? Oh, that's a good question. It'd be interesting to look at some other ones, startups, and see how they've gone with uh, PBs. Yeah. And I mean, I know that was my experience that, you know, Yes, okay, perhaps not getting a PB every week to begin with, but when a runner comes for the first time and then, you know, another couple of weeks, another couple of months after that, they tend to get a lot more PBs and then after a while they kind of plateau and it stops happening. So possibly the older events aren't seen as many PBs because they've got the established regular runners there. Yeah, I think it's a good theory. Just my two cents worth. <laughs> Great. Have you got one more for us, Ian? I do have one more. So I thought I'd look at, now that I've got some volunteer stats as well, I thought I'd have a look at volunteer records by club. So which running clubs out there are really dedicating a lot of time to uh, volunteering and helping out at park runs? Unfortunately, I didn't look at uh, percentages. So it could be, yeah, we've got some of the bigger clubs are naturally at the top, but um, I've got total numbers. So we've got uh, the Derek Zoolander Centre for Kids Who Can't Run Good at the top of the list. So... They have volunteered uh, 3,734 times. So this is uh, since Parkrun has started, which is just massive. We've got not too far behind them. We've got the 530 runners at uh, 3,030. And number three, we've got Running Mums Australia at 2,900. So, yeah, huge amount of support with those guys for Parkrun. Well, you know what that tells me, though? Zoolanders are smashing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Running Mums... They are the biggest club, but they've slipped yep. to third on the volunteer list. Yes. Zoolanders have got them, just. Interesting. Did the Westerfoldians appear anywhere in your stats? I didn't see them, no. We're still small. <laughs> We're coming. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe not for the Zoolanders, but we've got the running mums inside. Next yeah, percentages <laughs> we need to cover off and then we'll be right. Thank you so much for coming on the show again, Ian. Thank you, guys. It, it was good fun having you. And it is literally a highlight. We look forward to having you on again. I'm glad to hear it. I can't wait till next month. Let's take a scan of the social media scene this week. 
And it looks like David McGaw is having a parkrun adventure via Twitter. He's looking forward to, or he was looking forward to visiting Taree on Saturday. Posted some nice pics along the Manning River. Thanks, Dave. Out on Instagram, we've got Bendigo Parkrun's team sharing a pic of their very good-looking volunteers. We love a picture of volunteers. Keep them coming, guys. Recreating underscore Mel is getting her twins excited about being junior parkrun adventurers with some very cute new active wear. Underscore PK, he's one of our favourites, is out there again. He adventured to Torrens Parkrun and got a pic with RD James and fellow parkrunner Reese. And this week managed to take a few first timers with him too. So good job there, underscore PK. Positivism One shared young April's parkrun adventure, which involved a big downhill stack. Welcome to the Stack Club, April. It's a very glorious club. There's only a select few, so well done. And lucky the towel runner had band-aids for her because it was out on the course. I hope they filled in an incident report. And lastly, not like you, was extending the parkrun love by taking the kids to the playground at Gels Parkrun. I'm not sure, Scotty, was that after the event though? It was, I know for a fact that yeah. Nod did not make it to Gels Parkrun that morning. But it was good that he visited the playground and tagged us. So we and mentioned him. Yes. Yeah, you don't you don't have to hashtag Parkrun Adventurers just at your runs on the weekend. I, I do it all throughout the week. Absolutely. Get on it. On Facebook, Melissa Taylor was setting up the course at Nambour with her run director. A beautiful pic of the sunshine through the trees on the trail and the Pullman family adopted the Parkrun Adventurers movie theme this week with a pre-Parkrun video nod to Mission Impossible. They're quite the performers, the Pullman family. They don't mind a video. Yeah, their video reviews of the courses they've been adventuring around to are pretty cool. That's good. It's, it's sharing your adventure with the rest of us, which is what we want to do. Are there any... There, well, I know the answer to this question. There are some launches this week. And one of them is in New South Wales at Panania. 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 Or it might be Panania, like Tanya. I think we might need to ask how that one's pronounced too. And and I hear there's one in Victoria this week. Yeah, great name. Great name for a park run, Studley. And what do you know about that one, Scotty? Looks like a beautiful course running through Yarra Bend Park in Kew, in the suburb of Kew. Yeah, it looks really good. Good idea for a park run, that one. So I look launching. forward to running at Studley in a few weeks' time. It's going to be lots of fun. The anniversaries this week, just the one, Tuggeranong. If you want cake, it's at Tuggeranong. Yes. And they're having a superhero theme. I'm not sure. I'm, I understand Gary Clark. He's the event director at Tuggeranong. I, um, I know I've seen him in a Flash costume, and I've also seen him in a Superman costume. So I don't know if this is just an excuse to get a third superhero costume for himself or if he wants a costume change, and so he'll run the first half of the course dressed as Superman and the second half as the Flash. We have to be versatile. <laughs> and, and fast. Fortunately, Superman's faster than a speeding bullet, and, well, you know how fast the Flash goes. Fast. Yeah, pretty fast. Thanks, Mel. I really enjoyed this week. I enjoy every week. 
but this week was a beauty. Champion Buster would say goodbye, but I know they won't, so I'll say goodbye on their behalf. Everybody should get out there and park run with their park dogs this week, I think. What do you reckon, Inu? What was that? I can't hear you. Look forward to seeing you on the podcast waves again next week, guys.